Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, beautiful listeners. I have some exhilarating news that I'm thrilled to share with you all. Are you ready to ignite that inner spark of confidence and embrace a life brimming with vitality? Whether you're pondering a life without alcohol, taking those first empowering steps into sobriety, or looking for rejuvenation post-alcohol, I have the perfect occasion lined up for you. So mark your calendars for September 25th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and prepare to dive into a transformative day with my Revive and Thrive Academy. This is the haven for incredible women just like you, eager to rediscover and celebrate their true selves beyond the bottle. And in honor of National Recovery Month, this day promises to be nothing short of spectacular. As always, I will be right by your side, cheering you on and guiding you every step of the way. Now, for those tantalizing details and updates on what's in store, make sure you follow me on Instagram at shine underscore Gina Kunarian, or you can find me on Facebook. I promise you, you won't want to miss out on the buzz and behind the scenes peaks. Don't forget to check the show notes to find the link where you can follow me. Today we're diving deep into a journey that transcends time, space, and the very essence of our being. With us is a very special guest, Barbara Briggs, who has not only traversed the path of spiritual discovery, but also has chronicled her experiences in her book, Pilgrimage on the Path of Love. Barbara, a soul deeply connected with the spiritual roots of India and the ancient Vedic wisdom, joins us today to discuss the eternal nature of our existence, the spiritual treasures of India, and the ever-persistent quest for enlightenment. So wherever you are, take a deep breath, relax, and let's find that shine within together. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Barbara Ann Briggs. She is a poet, podcaster, author, and certified consciousness advisor. With a rich two-decade-long career in freelance journalism, her writings have graced both print and digital realms. Passionate about transcendental meditation, she's both practiced and taught it for over 30 years. Her podcast, Essence of Life, airs bi-monthly and enjoys an expanding listenership. Barbara also shares insights on her YouTube channel, Living Wisdom, Barbara Briggs. Educationally, she holds a philosophy degree from the New York University and a master's in curriculum development from Maharishi International University. Her academic pursuits led her to the faculty of Maharishi University of Natural Law in England, where she pioneered courses blending poetry, art, creativity, and consciousness. Her debut novel, Pilgrimage on the Path of Love, is well-received, amassing over 2,500 likes on its Facebook page. Barbara was born in Manhattan, New York. 
Her mother came from Vienna, Austria, and her father from New Orleans. Needless to say, she loves music. Barbara, who currently lives in India, has traveled widely and considers herself a citizen of the universe. Thank you so much, Barbara, for joining me today. It's my great pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. Yes, and I am very blessed to have you because I wanted to know all about transcendental meditation because my mentor's mentor <laughs> is very big on on this type of meditation and I know you were talking a little bit about it before we went on but if you can just share uh, what it is and how it's it differentiates from other meditations like visual meditation and just you know just quiet yes. time meditation <laughs> yes I'd be very happy to do that Transcendental meditation is a very simple, natural, and effortless mental technique, which is practiced for 20 minutes twice a day, sitting comfortably in a chair with the eyes closed. Absolutely anyone who can think can learn this meditation. It, it's so simple to learn. It comes from a very ancient tradition of knowledge. It, it was revived by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, whose picture you see behind me. It's a very, um, it's, it's, it's practiced by over 10 million people in 100 different countries around the world. It's actually the most widely researched technique for, for mental development in the whole world. There have been more than um, 700 different scientific studies conducted in, in many different research universities and, 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 and universities around the world. And these and all this research has been has shown conclusively that there's a holistic development of, of life as a result of practicing transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation is unique because it doesn't involve any concentration or contemplation. Most other mental techniques involve holding the mind, like concentration involves holding the mind on a specific object. For instance, like staring at a candle or, or staring at a particular photo or holding the mind through some effort. But transcendental meditation has no concentration involved in it. It's, it, it doesn't um, involve any um, effort in the, in the process. Other techniques of meditation involve contemplation. That means thinking about a very uplifting um, phrase or thinking about something that can elevate one's consciousness or, or a passage or a quotation, or, or just um, thinking about different ideas which can begin to make one's awareness more calm and more collected. Transcendental meditation does, is not on this level either. The difference between transcendental meditation is that it, it, the other techniques keep the mind on the surface. Like if you compare the mind to an ocean, there are surface levels of the mind, and then there are deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, quieter and quieter levels of the mind. Most of the other techniques keep the mind on the surface active level. Concentration we can compare to treading water. If you try to keep the mind on one particular object, it's similar to treading water. You know how much energy it takes to stay in one place. Um, it takes a great deal of energy and many people get tired as a result of concentration techniques. Contemplation is like swimming on the surface of the water. We're swimming from one idea to the other, one idea to the other. Um, but it's still completely on the surface level of the mind. The difference between transcendental meditation is it allows the mind to take a dive 
to the depths of the ocean, the mind takes a dive inward. And this dive happens because during the transcendental meditation technique, we only make use of the natural tendency of the mind to go in the field of greater happiness. The deepest, most quiet levels of the mind are the most powerful levels of the mind and pure consciousness, the deepest, um, most profound level of the thinking process is it has been termed as a field of Satchitananda, eternal consciousness of bliss. It's a field of pure bliss consciousness. And this is the very reason that everyone's mind, once we take the, the correct angle and we let go, the mind automatically goes in the direction of pure consciousness. Everyone's mind goes in the direction of greater and greater happiness greater and greater creativity, more intelligence, and more energy. And the field of pure consciousness is the field of unbounded awareness, awareness free from all boundaries. And it's a field of pure bliss. It's a field of perfect balance. It's a field of infinite orderliness. It's a field in which we're in tune with the total potential of natural law. So this is why it's so easy to practice transcendental meditation. It's diving to the depths of the ocean. And the result of this practice is that as a result of experiencing quieter and quieter and quieter levels of the thinking process regularly twice a day, the conscious capacity of the mind expands. Whereas normally psychologists say we're only using five or 10% of our mental potential. That's only the surface level of the mind and people don't use the deeper levels of the mind or perhaps great scientists like Einstein might've used 30, 35 or 40% of his mind because he was able to plunge to the deeper levels. But most of us aren't able to contact that level. But as a result of meditating, the conscious capacity of the mind expands so that rather than only using five or 10% of our mental potential, we begin to use more and more and more of the full value of the mind. And that's how we're able to solve all the problems we encounter during the day. We're able to carry that calm collectedness that we experience during meditation out into our daily activity. And then we begin to live life in greater fullness, with greater happiness, greater creativity, more energy during the day, and more intelligence to solve all the problems that we encounter in our day-to-day -day life. Wow, so that's that a kind is, of introduction. That is beautifully said. Thank you so much, Barbara, for sharing that because I'm I'm now I've now delving into the whole consciousness and the awareness and I've transformed tremendously from when I used to drink alcohol, which obviously I had no awareness. But once I became sober minded and started, you know, having a mentor and then started doing breathing practices and some meditation uh, practices as well, and really understanding who I am as a spiritual being, I was able then to really look at the world differently and it was beautiful because I'm just like wow I'm realizing that it's not just about my spirit it is about all the spirits as a collective and how together we can create things <laughs> or we can destroy things <laughs> can you talk a little bit more about the consciousness and the collective consciousness actually yes that's a very beautiful point Gina and and it's beautiful that you've arrived at that yourself because this is what I'm speaking about very, very um, often on my, on my YouTube channel, Living Wisdom, 
with Barbara Briggs. And I, I recently made a tape on the cosmic web, cosmic web of life. And I also had an article published in the Mind, Body, Spirit journal in England called The Interwoven Fabric of Life. And this is exactly what I was mentioning, how each individual contributes to the collective consciousness of the whole world. Just as we know that a green forest is made of individually green trees, a peaceful world is made of peaceful people. And in order to gain peace, there must be happiness inside because without happiness, we won't be peaceful. So we need a way of gaining greater happiness and greater fulfillment in our own lives. And with this greater fulfillment, we'll be radiating that positive influence into the whole world. My guru says being happy is one of the greatest contributions we can make to the world because we can counterbalance all the anxiety, the fear, the negativity, um, the worry that that has been um, that that is, has 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 leaves the whole world in a state of uh, uncertainty and doubt about the future. So we really need to find a way to in, expand our consciousness. And consciousness is the very basis of life. Consciousness is that inner wakefulness of the mind, that awareness. Without consciousness, we couldn't perceive, we couldn't appreciate, we couldn't evaluate, we couldn't do anything without consciousness. Consciousness is the very is, is the very um, foundation of our lives. So we have to have a way to expand our consciousness. And this is exactly what, what transcendental meditation does. It enables everyone to experience the simplest state of human awareness. And that simplest state is pure consciousness, unbounded awareness, pure being, pure existence, the field of pure intelligence. In fact, the founder of quantum field physics has compared the whole universe to a big mind. The whole universe is a field of intelligence, which is infinitely percolating within itself. And through this infinite self-interacting self dynamics of the field of intelligence, the whole, the whole vast realm of diversity is created through the self-interacting dynamism of the field of intelligence. So when we practice meditation, what we do is we we experience that field of intelligence within ourselves. And this is the, the very um, unique feature of the human nervous system. Only the human nervous system has the ability to experience self-referral, pure consciousness. This is the gift of the human nervous system. And we have to use that gift so that we can elevate our own consciousness. We can free ourselves from all the limitations and restrictions which the mind has, has, has um, adopted as if they were real and we can begin to experience the full value of life and begin to live life in that state of full full awareness oh i love that and speaking of your youtube channel i was actually on there i wanted to see some of your videos very beautiful content i love it and one of them that struck me was the different levels of the mind and I was like, I didn't know that mine had different levels. Well, I kind of did because sometimes my mind would talk negatively to me. And then sometimes I'd it'd be like on my side as my cheerleader. Can you talk a little bit about the different levels that we have in our mind? Yes, there are many different levels of the mind. Um, according to the Vedic knowledge, there's the level of the, the surface thinking mind. That's called the Vaikuri level. And then there's the level of um the the, the level of the um intellect and the mind, which is which is um called the I think that's the the Pashyanti level, and then there's the level of, of Madhyama, 
the deeper level of, of, of feeling, the level of our emotions. And then there's a level of para, the transcendental level, the, tra the level which transcends um, language. That's the level of pure consciousness. They're, they're, um, the mind is structured in, in layers and we, we have different layers of the mind which we, which we tap. The level which is closest to that le transcendental level is the level of is the level of um, pashyanti. It's the level of um, in which the emotions we have. Sometimes we have a fine feeling or intuition about something, and that's the level in which the the the, the intellect isn't working. But there's a level of feeling. We sometimes we've all had. Oh, I feel this is right. Oh, I feel this is the right direction to go in. Oh, I feel I should do this. That's the emotional level. It's very close to the level of transcendental pure being or the level of pure consciousness. And then there's the level of Majima, the level of the of the anyway, the, the the terms aren't important, but it's it's mainly there's an emotional level, then there's the intellectual level in which we're thinking and deciding, and then there's a more surface level of speech. So it's it's just that when we meditate, we begin to experience quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter levels of the thinking process until ultimately we transcend thought and we experience a level of infinite silence, the level of pure consciousness, the level of pure being. And it's a very pleasing experience. It's a very um, calming experience. But what's important is that people experience this level of pure consciousness many times in one sitting of meditation. But it's not even that the important thing is after we finish our meditation, we begin to bring those qualities of, of calmness, of collectedness of mind, of, of more creativity, of more energy, more intelligence, more awareness into our daily activity. So it's, it's like, it's like um, a gardener. He waters the root of the flower to enjoy the fruit and we meditate to enjoy the effects when we come out into activity. After our meditation, we're able to bring those values of happiness, calmness, energy, um, um, broad comprehension, the ability to focus sharply, that value of greater self-actualization into our activity. People find their performance is better at work. People find their, um, students find their academic um, performance increases. People find that habits, which they may have had, which were not good for health, like smoking or drinking alcohol or, or taking any drugs, these types of habits spontaneously begin to fall away. We don't even consciously, consciously make an effort. We just find, oh, I don't want that anymore. Oh, I, I, I have no reason to, um, to engage in this because I, I don't feel like taking this drink. I, I have no, no motivation to smoke anymore because I just don't want to do it. I feel it's hurting my, my physiology. I, I don't want to engage in these drugs because it doesn't make me feel good anymore. I, I don't need it. I'm feeling great. 
So it's, be, it's this type of um, way that these, these habits, which are hurting our system, begin to fall away. It's, it's like we, when we drink, we, we seem to leave our problems behind. It's a sort of escape. But when we start meditating, we don't need that escape because we're feeling much better inside. And we're feeling like, why, why should I take this? I, I, I don't need it. I, I just don't need it. I feel so good inside. Let me go out and take a walk. You know, it's like we want something different. We, we make a choice that is, is supportive to our lives rather than something which is damaging our lives. So this is why I say it's an effortless process. We don't tell people to change their lifestyle. We don't ask them to become vegetarian, nothing like this. We just say, take the practice, do the practice 20 minutes twice a day and just see what happens. Actually, you don't even have to believe it works skeptics come and they say, well, I'm very skeptical about this. I, I, I have a lot of doubt. I find doubts are fine. Just begin the practice and see what happens. Yes, begin the practice because a lot of fear and then the ego comes, you know, and then they're just like, oh, I don't, and they become skeptical, like you say, but I, um, so I'll tell you a little story. I used to hate having to do breathing exercises. I was like, oh, this is annoying. I don't, it hurts and this and that, but like, as you said, as I was practicing and practicing and practicing, and I was doing Wim Hof breathing at the time, I love it. And I do it every day. <laughs> And I feel so good. And then I'll have that quiet moment where I'm just like holding my breath. And I feel like I'm in like space, you know, but I feel so centered and I feel so wonderful afterward. And I'm just like, what was I thinking? You know, it's just a matter of that practice and then getting into it. And like, like you make your bed every day, like you brush your teeth you take a shower. It's just a practice. And once you implement good, healthy habits like that, your life actually starts to change and you start feeling <laughs> much better your mind your body your spirit all of it comes in alignment so and I love that and I listened more about my intuition and I love what you were talking about also about how the language of the heart is actually your intuition and that's your higher self speaking to you is that correct yes 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 um your yeah, intuition is is a, is a very fundamental level of the mind a very deep level of the mind and it's it, it it's it's it is very close to that level of para, that level of pure consciousness. So many times when people have intuitions about what they should do and and what they feel is the best direction for their lives, sometimes they 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 are really on the right track. But we, as far as meditation goes, we 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 don't um we don't think about any problems during meditation. It's just like af as I said, after meditation, your intuition might become more more correct and even more um, aligned with your higher self. So that when you have that experience of pure consciousness, it's enlivening those deeper levels of the mind. So all the different faculties become more become sharper and more um more uh just in just moving in the totally right direction because your whole life is moving more and more in attunement with natural law because that field of pure consciousness is the field of the total potential of natural law is lively at that deepest level of nature 
and we become, our actions become more in harmony with all the laws of nature. So we begin to think in the direction which is going to be most helpful for our lives. And the beautiful thing about TM is, you know, it's no analyzing, there's no intellectualizing involved. It's a simple, innocent and natural process which works for everyone. And there's nothing to do with any psycho psychotherapy or any, we don't even have to know which, which knots in the system are dissolving. We just practice the technique and the knots begin to dissolve. And that's, that's the innocence of the practice. And that's why anyone can learn to meditate, absolutely anyone. And even children from the age of 10 years old can learn this meditation. They only practice it for about 10 minutes. But it's, it's so simple and natural because as I mentioned, the mind naturally gravitates toward pure happiness, toward pure being, toward um, bliss. Everyone wants more bliss. No one wants less out of life. Everyone wants more intelligence, more happiness, more energy, more creativity. And because this is the natural tendency of the mind to move in the direction of more and more and more, and basically to, to experience unbounded awareness, awareness free from all boundaries. Who doesn't want that? Everyone wants that. Yes, Everyone wants that. they call it expansiveness, right? <laughs> yeah, expanding, expanding the awareness toward unbounded toward unboundedness, freedom yeah. from all limitations. Yes, because in our world right now, it's like a lot of people are very tense. They're very stressed. And, you know, I tend to pick up a lot of energies when I go out and I don't let it affect me at all. I've gotten to a level where it's like, you know, I, I, I mean, it doesn't, it won't affect me. <laughs> I won't allow it to affect me. But I, for others that are just so stressed, what are some simple ways that they can also implement in their practices that will help them relax? I know we talked about TM, <laughs> but is there anything else that anyone else can do? Yes, there, there are um, many ways that one can, one can um, relax more. And um, one way is uh, we actually have something called the VEDA app on the, um, which you can download. And the VEDA app, the Veda, Mahashi VEDA app has all the different um, sounds from Gandharva Veda. And Gandharva Veda is the Indian classical, no, the, Gandharva Veda is Indian classical music, but on the Mahashi Veda app, it has, it has many different um, sounds, Vedic sounds, chanted by the Vedic pundits. And the Vedic pundits are the um, custodians of this, of this Vedic knowledge. And the, these Vedic chants are chants which uh, uh, are um, recited in Sanskrit, the most ancient um, language in, in the whole world. All languages evolved from Sanskrit. And the Vedic pundits are, are reciting different aspects of the Vedic literature like Samaveda, Samaveda is a is um is a, a particular branch of the Veda which actually does help the whole physiology so to settle down and to to become very calm and and quiet inside. And we have all the different branches of the Vedic literature recited on the Mahashi Veda app. And we also have um, Indian classical music on the same app. And the different um, different um, expressions of the Gandharva Veda. Gandharva Veda should actually be played at different times of the day. They're like rain ragas, which can, can be played at any time of the day. And these rain ragas have even um, succeeded in, 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 uh, in eliminating a drought 
the, it, uh, the people played the rain raga over and over again. It even made the rain made the rain come. Then there are other ragas which which are played at different times of the day. And these the Indian classical music is very gentle and it's very soothing to the whole system. Anyone can download the Mahashi Veda app. And they even the, the sounds are played at the appropriate time of the day, like their morning ragas, their afternoon ragas, their evening ragas. And on the Mahashi Veda app, they're played at, at, at the specific time they're supposed to be played. So this is um, one way you can use in your own home. You can play the Mahashi Vedic um, Vedic sounds and the Mahashi Gandharva Veda. And this is very soothing to the whole system. Oh, I love that's that. One, that's one. one um, aspect you can introduce very easily you can download that the other thing is um to release stress in the physiology one way is by drinking boiled water um during the day um people um accumulate toxins from the food they eat i know in america there are so many foods which are genetically modified there are so many foods that have pesticides and herbicides and i know people try to buy the organic food but it's it's very expensive it's hard to get so one way you can eliminate the buildup of toxins in the physiology, which 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 do um, these toxins do affect the mind body mind body connection, of course, is by having a flask of boiled water um, near your desk or near wherever you're working, and during the day take sips of boiled water every 15 minutes or every half an hour, and this will begin to wash away the effects of the toxins. This is very good for healing, healing the physiology and removing toxins. It begins to wash away accumulated toxins in the physiology. So anyone can do that. You just keep a flask of boiled water. And you take sips every half an hour, or every 15 minutes. You only have to take a few sips, but do it regularly. So that's one way of eliminating the toxins. And as far as relaxing, there are breathing exercises. You can put your hand on on one part of your body on the on, over your heart and the other hand over your abdomen abdomen and you can take you just breathe in and out slowly in in with your no, no, nose and out with your mouth slightly open you did, just put one hand on your heart and one hand on your abdomen and you breathe in and out slowly that will calm the whole physiology that will get will create a calmness in the whole physiology the other thing you can do is um I do yoga asanas. I, I can't show the yoga asanas on this, <laughs> on this video, but, but the yoga asanas are also very helpful in calming the body. And the last yoga asana is the rest pose, where you just lie flat on your back with your with palms up and your, your legs astride. And you just lie down on the, on the floor on a mat. And you just lie down for two or three minutes or five minutes, just in the rest pose. And this will alleviate any stress and it'll just help you to feel very calm, calm. You just lay there for five minutes with your palms up and you just breathe normally. And the rest pose is very good for releasing any stress which you might have gained during the day. Wow. You know, and you're right actually, about that one too. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 And during the day, you know, happiness increases immunity. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, even if you don't feel that, tremendous put a smile on your face and your body will begin to feel happy that's how the body um that's how the body responds it responds just like that let's say you someone just says something you didn't like and you say oh and then you just 
your yes. whole body will start laughing. So you can you can re you can have a reaction. Just say I, I don't want that reaction because it's going to affect my physiology. And you just put a smile on your face. You have a beautiful smile, oh, okay. and you just put a smile on your face, and your whole body will begin to smile. So this is how the mind body connection works. And um, a great saint said, just put your smile, and your body will begin to feel happier. And Mahashi does say. Um, happiness is one of the greatest contributions you can make to world peace. If everyone would just be happier in spite of what's happening, don't listen to the news if it upsets you. And just don't read the newspaper about all the bad things that are happening. But just read some positive, um, read some quotations by some of the saints and or listen to a, 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 a YouTube by a saint and you'll feel much happier right away. Or come to my YouTube channel. Yes, good. I was gonna say, go to your YouTube channel. I I was looking like, oh yeah, wow, it's such I'm wonderful information. To, I'm trying to be, yes, I'm trying to radiate positive news and things that can be helpful. And you know, you just your life is in your own hands. You have your mastery over your life, and you can determine which way your life flows and take that mastery into your hands and and really um, begin to move in the direction you want your life to go in. It's mind over matter. If you just tell yourself, okay, I'm going, I feel great today. You will feel great. You know, you'll begin to feel great. And you just have to um, move in that direction. You want to, you just have a vision of how you want your life to be. And it'll begin to move into that direction. And we have that mastery and we have to um, accept that we can determine our life goal and our life aim and where we want our life to go. And we can have a make a vision statement, my life in five years, and see how your life begins to move in that direction. And it will, it really will, yes. <laughs> especially if we're meditating as well. Oh, yes. You'd be surprised. Like there's some, they call them quantum like leaps or quantum jumping <laughs> where things just happen yes, that's and, for on your favor. Yeah. And actually, when I started to meditate many, many years ago, one of the first things I noticed was that my desires began to be, began to be fulfilled much more rapidly. That's what I, that's the first thing I noticed. I, I was getting my desires fulfilled much more quickly. And Mahashi says, this is actually a sign of higher states of consciousness, that your desires get fulfilled. And you just feel that inner fulfillment in, in enlightenment. You feel that inner fulfillment all the time, 24 hours a day. You're just in that state of fullness of life in inner fulfillment and out of fulfillment. Yes, yes, it's true. It is true. The only time I start feeling kind of wonky is when my menstrual cycle is about to start and I'm hormonal <laughs> and I get a little bit cranky. But otherwise, I, I feel like I'm getting better and better when it comes to my mood and I'm not being a snappy. It's just during that time. <laughs> and that's when I started to breathe a little bit more <laughs> during that day. Actually, there was a study done on hormonal balance. And actually, um, there was a study on TM and hormonal balance. And actually, hormonal balance begins to even out um, when we start to meditate. Everything in the physiology goes into a state of greater balance. Um, wow. There's more emotional well-being. There's more ability to cope with stress. So that even if a stressful situation comes up, we have more ability to cope with it. And the cognitive functioning increases. And our, our fulfillment in our personal relationships also increases. So it 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 really does affect the 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 whole the whole um the whole realm of life. Every area of life is affected. 
It's so true. It's so true. Now I want to pivot towards your book, uh, Pilgrimage on the Path of Love. Can you talk a little bit about your book? Oh, I'd, I'd be more than happy to speak about my book. This is my book, um, Pilgrimage on the Path of Love. It's a story of a woman who travels alone to India. And after many challenges and soul-stirring experiences, she emerges triumphant with a much deeper understanding of her purpose in life and the meaning of true love. So I wrote this book in the Himalayas, um, in my wow. travels um, to the Himalayas. And um, I really poured my, my, my soul into the book. It, it speaks about many different aspects of spiritual life. It's, I speak about my, my meditation experiences during the book. I speak about the relationship between um, human love and divine love. I speak about um, my experience of Tibetan Buddhism. I just accidentally stumbled on, onto Tibetan Buddhism, though I had no awareness of this at all before. It just happened. And um, I speak about about the difference between material wealth and spiritual wealth. And I go into many different aspects of the spiritual journey in this book. And I've had some wonderful, um, I actually had some wonderful reviews of the book. Um, one person, I got a five-star review from the reader's favorite reviewer. And he said, pilgrimage on the path of love is a portal to an artfully detailed world of beauty, love, and awareness. I call it a portal because it felt like I stepped into one from the moment I picked up the book. I was immersed in the realistic depictions, poetic words, and colorful backgrounds. My favorite feature of Pilgrimage on the Path of Love is how in sync it is. The relaxed progression of the story correlates perfectly with the peaceful mood of the protagonist and her consistent striving to, to return to a balanced state of mind. Barbara Ann Briggs writes for the free spirits, adventure enthusiasts, and wisdom and spiritual depth seekers. The audience is encouraged to love and embrace others, regardless of their religious beliefs. And this core message is key to achieving world peace. I recommend it to the world. That is beautiful. So, Wonderful reviews. I'm gonna have to get your yeah, book I got, myself. I got, I got many, many, I got many beautiful reviews for this book. And I I was really touched by the reviews. Um, you know, yeah. It's just, you know, one person in India, in India, I got this review. This is my first review from New Delhi. She said, written lucidly, this book is the perfect amalgamation of spiritual awakening and self-discovery. What stands out in the narrative is her utmost optimism and unshaken faith in God. When faced with difficulties, she surrenders herself to him and derives energy from her firm belief that the right path will be illuminated by the creator. Having read a few books on esoteric spirituality, this book came to me as a breath of fresh air with its simple narrative and profound spiritual insights. Pilgrimage on the Path of Love introduces the spiritual ethos of India to the world and even to Indians who have forgotten the sacred presence of divinity in this land. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. Oh, yes. And I would love to then also gift this book to like... <laughs> <laughs> friends of mine I'm sure they'll absolutely love it oh I can talk yeah, to you think... forever because it's like oh I, I love wisdom <laughs> so... 
So I, I, I'd love you to get the book and I'd love you to add your review. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have your feedback on what you, what you, um, what you enjoyed about the book. Yeah. I, I, that what would make stood out to me. Yeah. Well, a lot of things are already standing out to me around just with this conversation. <laughs> but as we wrap up this enlightening conversation, by the way, on consciousness and love and, you know, just the, the divine being that we have within us, <laughs> could you share with our listeners? Exactly. Yeah. Can you share with our listeners like one transformative insight or experience that has most profoundly deepened your understanding of consciousness and how they can embark on a journey to explore and expand their own? Well, one profound experience which has expanded my awareness. I've had many experiences over the years, and to pick one would be would be difficult for me because. Each meditation is unique and each experience is unique. Um, when I was in Ladakh, um, when, and I, I, I described this experience actually in my book, um, I, I have to say that one of the most, the most powerful meditation ex experiences I've ever had in my life, I had in Ladakh. I don't know if I've written this experience in my, in my book, but I, I've, I've had many experiences, but I had one experience when I was in the dark, when I was at the, the highest in the mountains that I've ever been. And I meditated in that Himalayan abode. I, during my meditation, I, I experienced that my whole awareness just expanded out to the farthest reaches of the universe. I felt like I was no longer this separate individual body um, that could be defined in in space, I felt like my whole body dissolved into the into the outer reaches of the universe, and I felt like I was one with with the with the whole with with all that that is, and it was it was such a um, powerful experience. It it just made me realize that who am I? I am that unbounded, eternal, infinite reality, which transcends time and space. I I I have I I was never born. I will never die. I'm I am eternal and and I am imperishable and and nothing can harm me because I exist beyond that realm of of time and beyond the realm of space. And this experience deepens as we as we continue on our path to enlightenment. This experience of who we really are, that we are that which can not be measured by any instrument. We are that which cannot be harmed, which cannot be limited, which cannot be um, defined. We are that essence of life itself. And when we realize that, then we begin to live the value that we're, we're destined to live, the value that this nervous system has within it this this gift that has given to given to every human being to live and experience the farthest dimensions of the universe to experience that we are unchanging and immortal and eternal and infinite and in in the state of enlightenment we have that awareness all the time mm -hmm. i had it at that time sometimes it comes to me again but this experience can be lived on a day-to-day -day basis. 
And one of the reasons that I love India so much is because in this, on this, on this, in this country of India, there have been more saints who have actually lived that state of enlightenment. More mm -hmm. saints have experienced that full value of human life, probably than any other country in the world. Oh, and wow. people have left their homes even at 8, 10, 12 years old in search of that, that, that divine mystery of life, in search of that state of self-realization, in search of that state of enlightenment. And that's why this country has ingrained within it the spiritual value of all those saints who have walked on the surface of this ground. And, and that's what, what attracts me to India, the mm -hmm. spiritual knowledge that is embedded in the Indian culture and the Vedic culture and the spiritual literature, which speaks about the value of who we really are as human beings. And that full value of consciousness is embedded in the Vedic tradition of knowledge. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Barbara, for joining me today. Now, if people want to go ahead and find your book, or if they want to go ahead and just follow you on social media, how can they find you? Well, uh, my 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 website is barbaraannbriggs.com. Everyone can go to my website. My podcast is essenceoflife.buzzsprout.com. My podcasts are also listed on my website. They can also find my podcast link on my website, barbaraannbriggs.com. You can visit me on my YouTube channel, which is called Living Wisdom Barbara Briggs. And um, please come and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'd love to have you join my YouTube community. And my book is on Amazon. My book, Pilgrim on the Pilgrimage on the Path of Love, it can be found on Amazon and all the Amazon links in America, in England, in India. And the book can be ordered through Amazon. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy I was able to share this with you today. I'm also on Instagram, Barbara Ann Briggs Books on Instagram. And I'm also on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you can find me on all those social media um, websites. And um, I'd love to have you join me on my Facebook page. My Facebook page is Barbara Briggs.524. And you can join my Facebook page and I'd be happy to have you there as well. So Wonderful. It's been a great pleasure to speak to you today. Yes. Great pleasure. I can say namaste. <laughs> namaste, as we say in India, namaste. And and all, all very, very best wishes to you. And, and thank you so much for your kind invitation. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who has graced me with a five-star review. If you haven't had the chance yet, it's never too late to share your insights. It's because of each one of you that my podcast has soared to BuzzFeed's acclaimed Best Women's Sobriety Podcast list. As a special treat, I am ecstatic to present my latest offering, the Overcoming Challenges mini course. We all face life's hiccups, and this course is meticulously crafted to hand you the tools to rise above each one. It's a small investment for lifelong skills. But wait, there's more. I have two exclusive gifts just for my listeners. For those embarking on or curious about their sobriety journey, immerse yourself with a transformative seven-day challenge, an ideal starting point. Additionally, my six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life is yours to explore. 
I divulge the very steps I passionately pursued without the crutch of AA or the 12 steps, anchoring me in my own sobriety journey. To access these free treasures, simply text the word GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Once more, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. And I'm overflowing with gratitude and love for each and every one of you. Thank you.